millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hello and welcome to Just Films and That. This is the podcast where we celebrate films that we think might be underrated, underappreciated, or we just wanted to talk about them. Uh, I'm your host for this week, Josh Hallam, and I'm joined as ever by Alice. Alice, say hello. Oh, hello. Hello, everyone. <laughs> yes, Alice is here. How are you today, Josh? I'm very good. How are you? I'm very well, as always. Thank yes. you. Excellent. We are joined by another brilliant guest this week. We're joined by, uh, he's a comedian, he's a writer, he's lots of things. Josh Pugh, how are you? I'm fantastic, guys. Thank you so much for having me. I'm a huge, absolutely huge film buff. Oh. Oh, here we go. I'm not. I've, I've probably seen about 15 films in my life. <laughs> like, you're, like, you're like Michael Owen. You've got like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, first thing we're clear of, Alice, I'll pass this to you, is that first time ever we've had someone with the same name as one of us mm-hmm. on the podcast, so it could get confusing. So what do you want to do? Do you want to Josh 1 and Josh 2 it? Or do you want to... <laughs> <laughs> I think well I think that that shows favoritism for whoever's yeah. chosen as Josh mm. one so no I'll go I'll go I'll full name you both so Josh okay. Hallam and Josh Pugh <laughs> if I forget do this just like, remind me but I, I'll try um, and keep it up I had there was quite a few Joshes in my year at school it must have been a popular mm. name when I was born so I we used to get surnames all the time yeah Whenever, when it's Sunday names in it when we are recording on a Sunday so, so, so that's I, good. I'm the only one in my friend group who is addressed by their first name. Oh, everyone else is their surname. I've never had a nickname in my life, really. Oh, let's think of one. Let's think of one for you before the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure we'll come up with something. But yeah, so, and how old are you, Josh? How long? I mean, uh, why am I using that? I'm the other Josh. I don't need to use it. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was born in 1990, so I'm 31. Oh, I'm, I'm 89. I'm 89, oh. and I'm the only Josh in my year. Oh, well, so something happened. It was happened a, bit of a bit of a watershed. In, in between 1989 and 1990, something happened that made the yeah. name Josh yeah. quite Who was popular. around? Which famous Josh started this trend? So I think <laughs> I was after either the, the Joshua Tree album. Oh, yeah, that's it, yeah. Ah. Or the, you watch The Wonder Years. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was, there was a Josh in that. No, because I can't think of any famous Joshes from before. Like you say, Joshua Tree. My mum doesn't like you two, though. I think it's just she liked the name. Or, or yeah. she's very biblical and it's the guy who had the trumpet. I mean, my, my sister's called The Edge, so I'm not sure if it's... Any... <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, well, we always start with a random question. Alice, I'll come to you first. So, uh, Alice, if you could have any superpower, what would you have? 
It's got to be flying. I would just love mm. to be able to fly, just flying around the place, flying with the birds, go and fly over the ocean. It's just, it's just the best one as far as I'm concerned. It looks like so much fun. But if you could fly and it was real, do you think it would be you could only fly at the same speed you can run and walk? Oh, God. Because it doesn't be make any sense. Because for you. I can't run very yeah, fast Yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense for you to be able to fly faster than you can run. It's magic, it, it, though, Josh. I yeah. can fly as fast as I want. <laughs> and I think it, here's the big thing. Is it physically exerting? Mm. It, yeah, it would have to be, right? So if you actually to fly to America, yeah, so if you actually fly to America, you'd be knackered. You'd still you'd just ruined, get, I think you? you'd still just drive and get cabs. If, you know, if it was, because <laughs> running is hard, isn't it? Running is hard, yeah. It's very hard, yeah. yeah. It probably, it's one of those things as well, like you really, you know, you glamorize it or fantasize about it or whatever, but it'd probably get old really fucking quickly. I bet it's cold up there as well. I bet yeah. you get freezing. Yeah, it'd be freezing. <laughs> if you could fly as well, if everyone could fly, how long would it be before people started being like arsey about it? So it'd be like logging on Map My Run, except it's Map My Flight. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. Mate, that would definitely happen. Flew 10K this morning, did it in under an hour. So, oh, did you? yeah, you're doing the big half marathon fly. Yeah, yeah. yeah of course it would. So that that one, but also I quite like um, like the Flash's, uh, you know, superpower, Super just being speed. able to run really, really fucking fast. I think that's mm. pretty cool too. Well, that would be just as useful. Yeah, yeah, because it's almost, because he can do it so fast, it's almost as practical as flying. Yeah. His yeah. only weakness is that obviously he trips up all the time. Um, what about you, Josh Hallam? <laughs> um, I just, do you know what? I don't even know. I So I, I like the idea of flying, but I think to make it easier, I would pick like Nightcrawler's powers from X-Men, so teleporting, because okay, that way, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. As, as long as you can see where you're going, it's probably quicker and you can do it without being in the sky. So teleportation mm -hmm. I would pick. But mm -hmm. yeah, or... Because it's that old, old joke, isn't there? Would you rather fly or be invisible? And then it's like, if people say invisible, it's like, you perv. Yeah, you're a, yeah. You're a sociopath. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh, I just want to be able to spy on people yeah, I just in see, secret. I just what's see, weird about yeah, that? I just want to be able to see whatever I want to see without any rules. Like, what's, yeah. what's wrong with that? Um, what about you, Josh Pugh? <laughs> I am... Um, you know what I'd like? Anything I mime with my hands to become reality. Right, okay. Okay. You know Interesting. Mean? So, so there's an example. Um, if, I, if I make a gun shape, I can fire a gun. Okay, if, I, yeah. if I do the scissor thing, it can scissors. cut things. Just always find myself needing scissors, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I have just got scissors. It's not a massive. I have got scissors in the drawer if I need it. We'll move on to talking about this week's film, uh, which is David Brent Life on the Road, which Josh chose. So spoiler warnings if you've not seen it. I don't think there's really there's many spoilers for this one, but um, it's from 2016. So Josh, uh, what is it about and why did you pick it? So my whole thing with this is it's not that bad. Yeah. It's not that bad. But it gets, I think it got hammered at the time and it's it's a fun film. Yeah. And it scratches that itch of its Brent with Miss Brent. Its performance is different in it, and it you know it's not it's not an amazing. It's not the best film in the world. Mm. But if you if the office never existed and, and it was a standalone thing, we'd be like, oh, that's a, a nice fun film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I completely agree with you because I so so I um I had seen this before, and I think when I watched it, it was it was when it first came out, and I didn't think it was terrible. I was like. It's all right, but the problem with it was it's not the office. But no. you've got to take it. 
you've almost got to take that out of it because it isn't the office, but it's not trying to be. It's not trying to be. Yeah, the music's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. Some, there's some yeah. funny bits in it. It's it, it, what he's doing, David Brent, Ricky Gervais. Like, it, you got to remember, it didn't really massively exist before he did it in the office. No, he, no. He's ripping himself off. Yeah. You know, yeah. He's derivative of, his, of himself. There's, there's things like a spinal tap, obviously. Mm. And there's. Did you ever watch um, Operation Good Guys? No, I've heard of it. Is that a similar sort of mockumentary type thing? It's like, yeah, but with police. Oh, and, right. Yeah. And it was never. It had loads of series on the BBC, but it was never like a mainstream hit. Is that the? It's not the Scottish. Is that the one with the Scottish police? No, it's no, um, they're, they're in Lo- they're in London. But oh, I, I, yeah, the, the, yeah. There is something, Josh. I can't think of that. That's called what you're referring to there. Yeah, there's always clips of it on social media, that, and it always looks really funny. And I can never remember what it's called, and then I forget yeah. to watch it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my whole thing with it, it's not that bad, and it is. Ricky Gervais become one of these people we love to hate, like like James Corden. I don't. He's annoying. I don't get what the 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 kind of. Well, we hate why everybody hates him so much. But well, yeah, if if you find him irritating, that's fine. But why are you treating him like he's like spawn of the devil sort of thing? Yeah, he's just host, just hosting a show in a bit yeah. of a, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't, yeah. But it's, it's one of those things, if you find him irritating, well, don't watch it then. Yeah. Like, you have the power to switch off. It's not, it's not the 60s anymore. There's more than three TV channels. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> there's endless amounts of yeah. content out there. Some people don't even watch TV. You can just watch stuff on YouTube. But yeah, um, if you, obviously, if you haven't seen David, David Brent Life on the Road, it's essentially David Brent set many years after The Office and he is trying to make it as a musician. He's still working as a salesman and he's traveling around pretty much this local area on a music tour. He's hired a local band who seem to hate him because they find him annoying. And that's pretty much the long and short of, of what it's yeah. about it's just an exploration of of his life and his ambitions i, I think so so josh you picked it because you think it's 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 not that bad so you found you know you found stuff that you like about it yeah alice had you seen this one before i hadn't seen it before i didn't even know that this existed and that seems ridiculous because i am a huge ricky gervais fan i loved the office i love all this stand-up so i had a sneaky suspicion that i was going to enjoy this and I was right. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, good, that's good. So, well, let's get let's get into it. And what what did you like about it? So, uh, listeners to this podcast may know, and Josh Hallam, you know, but Josh Pugh. <laughs> so, I love it when comedy is delivered to me through song. So, pop star, never stop stopping, the Lonely Island, all that. Films like Frank, Weird Al, all that. I love hilarious, ridiculous songs, right? And you get loads of them in this we've got don't make fun of the disabled we've got native american we've got slough we've got a brilliant opening number where it, and you've got this beautiful sort of like music video-esque montage where he's singing about ipswich and tesco and costa and driving <laughs> yeah. on the motorway and you're getting all these like it, it cuts to these things so i like as soon as it started i was like yeah i'm in i'm sold i'm already here like if if I'd have known that this film existed, I, w- I would have already watched it. Um, so yeah, funny songs are just like, that. that's it for me. Like, I'm sold. It was just guaranteed. <laughs> the pop, pop star, Never Stop, Never Stopping, has 
pound for pound, look, for comedy songs, they're right up there. They're so oh, yeah. It's possibly the funniest film I've ever seen, I think. Like, <laughs> yeah. I've I've seen it. You love it. it, don't you? I've So I picked it for this podcast, uh, Josh Pugh, because I love it so much. But I've seen it, like, a lot of times, and it still makes me laugh out loud. Like, I think it's brilliant. And I've listened yeah. to death to their songs on YouTube, like Jizz in My Pants, like I'm on a boat. I <laughs> yeah. love it all so much. And that's what you get with this. Um, you come to learn very early in this film, I think, that David Brent hasn't changed at all. He is still this awkward, inappropriate, kind of sexist guy that he's always been. Like, he's in his office and he's speaking to his female co-workers. The way he talks to women, the way he talks about women is just absolutely terrible. So it's just interesting that he hasn't grown at all since yeah. the office. He is still just this same guy. He's also quite an interesting depiction of this like desperate middle-aged man who's just clinging on to this part of his youth. Like similar to Ricky Gervais as well. He was in a band. Like he did have a slight music career and he's hanging on to that. Like that must have been the last time that he was truly happy because he wants to relive it. He's so desperate to relive it. So they go out on this tour and he's had to pay for obviously all these session musicians to come and join him and it just isn't the same. And the disappointment and the sadness from him is palpable, I think. It is. And you know, that's something we've really, everyone's experienced in their life is you want this thing to be something and other people just don't care about it as much as you do. And it's heart, it's heartbreaking. You know, like I, I did a video on Twitter a couple of weeks ago about building um, a bar a home bar. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like in your garden. In, in your garden. And, and ha people think it's the best thing ever. But then someone else is just indifferent towards it. Yeah. Your heart just sinks. And also, he knows, really. Deep down, he knows it's not going anywhere. But that's, I think that's the real genius of Brent, though, is that there is, there is comedy and tragedy side by side. Is, and that's it why is, it's yeah, so funny. But that's why it's so sad. Because like Alice says, he's so desperate to be accepted by his peers and the people around him. He's desperate to be liked and thought of as funny and a nice guy and a good boss that in, in, in trying to be accepted, he pushes people away and ends up with, you know, the band who he's touring with. He has to pay them to have a pint with him after mm. one of the gigs and, and that yeah. sort of thing. And I think that awkwardness, that social awkwardness of, like you say, Alice, the way he is around, um, around women, but literally anything, any type of, part of society he tries to make sure that he points out if he's got a black friend or like you say just things that tries to draw attention to things like disabled people but in doing so does it so socially awkwardly that it makes him look like an idiot even though it's all about having the best of intentions and so that is what and so in doing so in trying to be in trying to be likable trying to be a good bloke he, he essentially makes everyone who's what you might consider like a mainstream sort of thing to shun him. But that's where I think where the real, the real, the real quality of this film is that because the what makes you what you identify with or what you perhaps um, enjoy. What I enjoyed about the film was the, the little moments of sweetness where there are people who like him, mm. and they and talk you, about you know him. that I mean the world to him. Yeah, you know, and that's what keeps him going. Like you see this with comedians, with, with delusional comedians. <laughs> They'll they'll have eight bad gigs and then they'll get one little glimpse of that was good, and it, it's those things that keep them going. Like it, and I feel it's the same with Brent in this. It's those little moments of success that actually aren't helpful. It's like a gambler 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Enabling I, I, him. Yeah, an occasional <laughs> win. Like, I'm so bad at gambling, I never win, so I could never be addicted to gambling. Yeah. But, but it's like, the, it, if you get the occasional win, it's the encouragement, you need, and it's the same with Brent in this. It's those little... Mate, oh, maybe I'm not deluded. Maybe I'm onto something here. <laughs> that's that's what keeps him going, I think. But that's yeah, that's, that's a really good point because the other thing is is like Alice says about the songs. The songs start. I think that they, there's a purposeful thing done in this with the songs, which is it starts off and the songs sound like actual songs. Oh yeah. So that yeah, one yeah, about definitely. life on the road or thank fuck it's Friday, they sound like they are actually songs. And then as the film goes on, they get more and more absurd to the point where the last song or one of the last songs is him. Doing the song about a Rastafarian or something like yeah, that. Yeah, in, in the accent. In the, the accent, accent, and it's yeah. so it's so cringe and it's so <laughs> awkward. But that's it's and it's the same. It's the same with other musical comedies, like you say, Spinal Tap does it, Popstar does it, where some of the songs, the, the songs in Popstar sound like songs that someone like Justin Bieber would actually release, oh, yeah. Yeah. and that's why by by mirroring reality so closely, that's the real genius, I think, of of, of the music in this film. And he, he kind of. There's some gigs he's doing where the he's the right age for it to be tragic. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? If he's if he's in his fifties, sixties, like oh fair play, he's still doing it. Because he's in like his forties, it's like, oh come on, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and I think as well, if he'd had a wife and some children, it may have maybe stopped him from going down that path. But he's clearly, like, he's very lonely. He doesn't really have, like, a close group of friends. He's got that one mate in the office, isn't he, who's, like, his his jokester, prankster buddy. Mm. But apart from that, he's never, he, or he doesn't seem to have ever had a serious relationship. He doesn't have children. So he's got nothing else where, you know, traditionally, in air quotes, at that age, you would be focusing on it. It's like, oh, no, I've got kids. You know, they are my world. Uh, you know, I, I need to, like, my my life revolves around them. I like spending time with my wife, etc. And he hasn't got any of that. So it's like this mm. music music thing the whole band thing that is his baby he's just got like this tunnel vision where he's just like this is it this is my life and if this doesn't work then I am nothing and it's like this absolute sort of fear of not succeeding and of being a failure like in his own eyes as well I don't even think he'd care if he's a failure in other people's eyes but it's it's about in his own eyes like if he doesn't think he's made it then then that's it like he is just going to feel completely helpless yeah and he's you know his making it would be those little moments. It, it, I think he'd get so much of like, ah, oh, that's that person loved it. That's why I do it. You know, that's this is why I do it for people. If I can touch one life, you know, I don't think he necessarily <laughs> needs huge success. I think he just needs little moments of validation, doesn't he? To and and that's where I think the film really succeeds is is when he gets any sort of acceptance. I think that's where the film gets you a little bit. So. The funny thing is, is that he, do, he goes on this tour, so to speak, tour where they're all not wanting to hang out with him and the people he wants to like him don't like him. But back at his office, there's at least three people who are really sort of sweet on him. So that mm. the receptionist, there's his friend Nigel and then there's the woman who's like in accounts and they all have these little monologues about, he's a good guy, he just, I don't, you know, he wants to be liked, but why, why are people, and then why do people not like him? And then there's other people in the office who are just sort of you know, salesman dickheads who don't, who don't like him. Mm. And I think that's where it's 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 all about for me him trying to find acceptance when he sort of already had it, mm -hmm. and I think I think that's really that's really interesting. 
I think Ricky Gervais has a real skill of creating these moments of tenderness and these moments, these like heartbreaking moments in amongst this absolute chaos and nonsense. Like we've seen, like, I don't know if you've seen Afterlife, but you know, that is all kind of heartbreaking and heart-wrenching mm. moments. And there's a real skill to that. And they're not big and it's not, you know, violins are playing and it's not Hollywood style. It's just these very little moments. And very often with him, it's just a facial expression or it's just a sound even that he makes. Like, Ricky Gervais's facial expressions as David Brent are excellent. And you can see when he's so profoundly sad. And you yeah. feel that with him. You really mm. feel it with him. Even though it, he's bellend. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's it, isn't it? That's, um, and I think that's what people criticise about Ricky Gervais's stuff, like in Afterlife and probably this. People say that he, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't earn the emotions. It's all in his performance, you know. So like... In afterlife, he's just going around being not a very nice person, mm. uh, but we still manage to feel sorry for him. And it's probably in his performance, really. Do you know what I mean? It's, it yeah, is, yeah. Is, yeah. He, he, that is his thing. Because he's also he's not your typical leading man, is he? So I think that's another thing. There must be a relatability in the fact that he's a, he's a normal-looking, normal-seeming bloke. And I think that, and what he does, just to touch on what Alice said there, he, Ricky Gervais does a really good job. He, he writes characters that are sort of slightly outside of the mainstream in terms of society, I mean, who find acceptance in those around them. So David Brent does it in this. Andy in Extras does it. Derek does it. Um, I can't even remember. Tony does it in Afterlife. You know, it's all about finding, I don't know, finding a little glimmer of you know, a little nugget in the shit sort of thing. I don't mm. I don't really know how to put it, but he does that really well. It's all about being, I guess, maybe being happy with what you've got, finding acceptance in in kindred spirits, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, and he's he's also kind of like, um, you, you know, you, you kind of think, fair, you know, he's he's trying to do something, isn't he? Yeah. In, in this film. He's trying to, I mean, he's he's delusional. Yeah. But yeah. he, he's he's trying to do something with his life. He is active, isn't he, in his obsession? Like he's not just sitting at home moaning about the fact that he's not a rock star. He's got the band together. He's written these songs and he's trying to tour it. So he's still yeah. doing the things. He's a he's incredibly optimistic for the most part, isn't he? Like he he tells everyone in the office, like, oh yeah, I'm going to go on tour and it's going to be massive. I'm I'm going to get a record deal and all this. Like, but yeah, sorry, optimistic slash. Delusional. <laughs> but do, you, do you know, this is what I was trying to say earlier, we've all experienced this thing, like if you ever, as a kid, tried to put a play on for like your, your parents and, oh, and, you've, yeah. and, oh, and, God, yeah. and you've worked so hard at it and in your head, this is going to be the best thing ever, yeah. this is going to go right and then your nan can't hear you or someone's, <laughs> yeah. someone's looking on the phone or, and you're thinking, no, 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 and it's just... It's not how you imagined yeah. it. And yeah. it's yeah. so... People are looking past you to try and watch the telly because you stood in front of the telly. Yeah, yeah. Or, or they don't yeah. let you do it how you want to do it. Or, you know, yeah. you want to use, some, you want to use get the ironing board out for a prop and your mum won't let you because it's too... <laughs> yeah. It's just... It's That's so, it, right, it's spot on. It's such a feeling, exactly isn't it? it? You're like, the world's not playing. The universe isn't playing how you want to play. But Brent is an adult version of that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I remember being... Um, I, so I did drama at college, like drama A-level before that. I de then went to to uni and did drama as well. Um, look where it got me. Um, but anyway, so um, I remember being doing drama A-level, but a lot of the people in my class were just doing it for the like for what they said was a DOS subject. Yeah. But if you're mm -hmm. into drama, 
that's the problem is that some people don't aren't bothered and you're trying to like seriously put on i remember we were putting on like a greek it was I mean, we, we were given the stuff to do by our teacher we weren't picking it but we put on like a greek tragedy or something like that and and everyone's just dicking about and like there's like you and another person who actually maybe want to go into the industry or whatever and you're like going, come on can we just like stop stop pissing about with the prop swords like come on <laughs> like and like you say yeah. everyone's just messing about oh uh, it's it's all it's awful it's an awful feeling it's such a it's always heartbreaking you know you, you, you know you, you're putting on a like i do it i do it now to my wife and like i'll, <laughs> like I'll, I'll see i'll see is this a funny bit of stand-up yeah and and she'll get distracted by something i've said within the bit and doesn't then listen do you know what i mean yeah, no, oh, whenever no. whenever we're trying to, I try and do, like, if I do try and do something funny for the podcast on TikTok or Twitter, always run it past Alice or or the producer, uh, Abby, and it'll always be, it'll always go, what do you think of this? You think it's funny, isn't it? Yeah, and they go, you spelt don't wrong. You're like, oh, oh that, that exact thing, yeah. Josh, that exact feeling. <laughs> but yeah, no, that is, that is spot on. And, and yeah, it, I suppose the world is sort of pissing on his chips a little bit, isn't it? That's the... That's that's the whole thing. But I think they do a good job in this of something they do in, in the office, which they, they do the opposite of in this, is that no one in the office really likes him. Yeah. So they tolerate him. and yeah, But most of them even, find him irritating. Because even like Gareth, who's... Or Tim. Or his whatever. closest... Like Gareth is like his closest sort of buddy. But that's not a really healthy relationship. And then you've got Finchy, who obviously oh. comes in from the other mm. office, and he just rips him mercilessly, doesn't he? There's no... It doesn't feel like there's any genuine friendship there, and nobody genuinely cares for his well-being. That's the, the, the mm. way it comes across. But in this, in this, they do a really good job of balancing people who literally like, like him, they think he's a good bloke, people who think he's irritating, to the point where at the end the band change their tune a little bit and sort of yeah. come around and go, oh yeah, he's all right. And then you get that really lovely moment where where Tom Basden's character buys the snow. Pays and, for and, the and, snow. And that goes back to what Josh lovely. was saying. He really wants this fake snow for this Christmas mm. song. Everyone's going, why are you getting fake snow, 1500 quid? It's a waste of money. And then in the end, it's like, oh, he just wanted some snow. I just bloody paid for it. Yeah. And yeah. it's really sweet. It's a really sweet moment. But yeah, that's what I, one of the things I think the humanize Brent a little bit more as a character in this by moving it on from everyone thinking he's just a bit of a tit mm-hmm. to people actually liking him as a bloke or people or people not liking him. Like, like you say there, he really thinks in the office that Finchie is his best mate. And he's, yeah, but he's a he's dick. Awful. He's, and, and yeah. I've, I've said this before. I don't even, might have even said it before on the podcast, but my, my favorite moment in any television of any television I watched is that why don't you just fuck off yeah. moment from the Christmas special. I just think it's perfect. Yeah. I think because yeah. everyone has everyone has worked with a Chris Finch and everyone has wanted to go, well you just fuck off. Yeah. And he actually and he actually does it. And it's just like you just want to clap. And they do it a little bit in this where she throws water over the salesman who's a bit of an arsehole. Yeah. And that yeah. makes you go, come on, like he's such a like yeah. <laughs> if you find him irritating, that's fine, but you don't need to talk to him like that. You know? And I think mm. that's that's the real genius is you find Brent irritating, but he's not irritating enough to to deserve the way people speak to him. And the other thing which I think is, because we're being positive about these, this film, I, I think the other thing that they've got spot on is how the film looks. Yeah. The the area, the country it, it's in, the gigs, the how they look, the, the hotels they're staying in, the car he drives, the clothes he wears. 
perfect. The service station yeah. stuff, it's all <laughs> tonally perfect. And Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You know, it's, it's spot on, isn't it? The insignia. Yeah. I'll take the insignia. Yeah. <laughs> <Just like> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the fact um, that it can't get on the tour bus. Sorry, Alex. <laughs> oh, and that's, yeah, again, that's just really sad. He knows, Gervais knows how to bring the absolute maximum out of every single moment, I think. It's yeah. such a skill. Um, there's three other things I really liked about this film that I'll just go over quickly because obviously we're a little bit short of time. So the inclusion of Dom as a character. Yeah. So it's not just Ricky, is it? He's got now this young black rapper yeah. who just balances the whole thing out um, really, really well. And I think if it was just Rick, if it was just David Brent, it wouldn't have the same magic. And I think the David Brentness of it all might actually become a little bit too much, mm-hmm. but you've got it really nicely balanced out with Dom. And I really like him as a character, as this younger lad who's coming and seeing someone like David Brent for the first time. And he kind of, like, he can't quite compute what's going on. It's like, I don't really know what this guy's deal is, but hey, here we go. And like, I'm on tour or he's, whatever. He's not one of the bands, so he can't be trapped like one of the, So that is the bit where... They all leave, and he's like, oh, "I'm going to go with him." No, I'm staying up a drink. Yeah, and he's got, yeah, and he's he got, and he's he got to because he's trying to give him his big break because he's his manager and he's supporting him and all that. A lot he's of that is down manager, to yeah. Ben. Uh, ben Bailey Smith is brilliant in this. Yeah, slash Doc oh, Brown. So good. Yeah. yeah, so good. He's just got such a great kind of exasperated and confused <laughs> look every time David does something, and it's just kind of like I don't really get what this is about, but I have to be here, and this might be my foot into the door, sort of thing. <laughs> Yeah, and we've all had that kind of experience as well, where you've got a friend who, for some reason, 
you know, other people don't like them, but you feel a, a, a loyalty to them in some way. Mm. And rather than go yeah. off and do the thing you want to do, you, you kind of, because you know what, what it would mean to them, you stay in. Yeah. So I don't, yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Alex, but I think it's more than just professional obligation. I think... It's a sense he, of loyalty, isn't it? Yeah, sort I of think thing. there is a... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like when right. everyone's got that friend where you look at them and you think, if like we've been friends since we're like eleven. If I met you now, we would never be friends, but we're yeah. stuck with each other. Yeah, yeah, you got it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also think there is a real skill to mockumentary acting. Mm. So you're not just yourself acting; you are acting as a person who's not necessarily comfortable in front of the camera. And there's a few different layers to that. And I think they all do it really well. And then obviously you've got these uh, kind of cutaway or side scenes where they're being interviewed, similar to The Office again, where they're being interviewed, but as their character. Mm. And it, it's just, it's quite an interesting thing to have to juggle. And I think they all did a really good job. Um, and just finally, there's a brilliant montage in there when he's doing the photo shoot and he's like getting all these like leopard print shirts on and there's a photographer and stuff. And I just thought that was really fun. I love I love a cheesy montage as a storytelling technique. Because it is it is funny, isn't it? Yeah. Like, it is a funny film. Most of the comedy for me was in the songs. Like there, there were times yeah. I did really, I did think the script was very good, but there were times where I wasn't really laughing and then the songs would start and I was like, oh, okay, this is where the comedy is. For me, It's a anyway. fun film, isn't it? It's yeah. fun. Okay, so we'll move on then to talking about anything that we might change about the film or that we perhaps we didn't like. I'll come to you first, Josh. Was, is there anything that you particularly don't like about the film or, or is it just a, a knockout for you? Uh, no, it's not really to say it's not, it's not perfect. It's, mm. it's not perfect. I, it's hard with the mockumentary style because they'd say with film you should show, not tell. Yeah. But, and that's, that's a difficulty with the... the the mockumentary sometimes when it's a talking head. So you mentioned his um, workmates and they're literally saying he's not a bad guy. Mm. We, we know that already really. Yeah. And it's, it's, that's the trap you can fall into. I think with mockumentaries, you can end up telling, not showing. Mm. Um, and I've just found Brent's, uh, Gervais's performance a, a little bit affected. Right. It's slightly different, only very slightly. And this is only from somebody who's watched The Office a million times. And, mm. you know, he is a slightly different character. Having said that, he's how many years older? You would, you'd be a different person in real life. It's, yeah, 15 years after The Office, 14 years, something like that. Yeah, so, yeah, you say it's is different. It? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, little things like that. And you know what? It's It's just. I don't know what, it, it's never going to be as good as The Office, is it? You know, it's never going to be. And and it's always going to fall down because it's can't, you can't help but compare them. Yeah. Even though and, it's a different thing, I suppose. And, and the other characters, are, you know, they're never going to have the depth. Look, Tim, Gareth, and, you know, we, we know those characters. So it's it's hard, isn't it? Because we're, we're seeing the one character we know in a world of other characters we 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 don't know, mm. isn't it? Yeah. And I, I mean, not that you could have... I, I think he did the right thing. I don't think he should have included anybody from the office. That was it. one of my questions. Do you think it would have been better if they'd have put people like Gareth into it? Or do you think that would have just made the comparison even more obvious? I, I think it would just be... 
I think, the f- as you said earlier, that the fact that he wasn't really liked in the office, mm. I think it makes total sense that he's not in touch with anybody anymore. Yeah, even Gareth. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I think it almost makes it a little bit stronger and a bit more powerful as well because it's almost like they've all moved on. Like, yeah. it's been 15 years, do you know what I mean? They've all moved on. They have they have got married, they have got kids, etc. So none of them are around anymore and he's just there on his own and it's all just a little bit sad. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the other thing, actually. I'm not sure if this is a like or a dislike, but the other element of it, it's the motive of the whole documentary. I think what he thinks it is and what it actually is are two different things. I think he thinks it's a catch-up because the public want to know Mm. what this guy from the office is doing. Whereas I think the, the documentary, people making the documentary think, oh, this might be a bit of a Car a farce, crash telly, yeah. A bit of a car yeah. crash TV, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I think I think that's a good point. And that's another real sort of part of the tragedy of Brent, isn't it? Is that he thinks that people are actually interested in him. It's like in the Christmas special of The Office where, <laughs> where he's doing the the appearances, celebrity appearances, and people are yeah. like, who's that? Who are you? Like, that's that. that yeah. sort of thing. And what about you, Alice? Was there anything you particularly didn't like? So, uh, so there were three things uh, really that I made note of. The first one is that um, as far as I'm concerned, from my observations, David Brent as a character never develops. So when we mm. meet him in the first few moments of this film, he is kind of just as bad as he was at the very beginning of The Office. And by the end, he hasn't really changed. It's the people around him who change to give us this nice resolution, this quite tender moment at the end. It's when the bandmates finally go, okay, you know what? We, we are going to hang out with you. We can see what you're trying to do. We appreciate the effort you're going to and we appreciate all the money you've spent and the buying the snow for him so he gets you know that little finale he gets to sing that that song and the snow falls down but he doesn't change he is still exactly the same like he's still inappropriate he's still tone deaf he still tries to address the kind of injustices of the world in just the worst way and just comes across really really bad and you would just think and you would hope that from so many years of being that way and not getting anywhere that you would change and that you would think oh maybe like, maybe I am doing something wrong. Maybe I'm saying the wrong thing. Um, the other thing was when he gets his tattoo and they put a plaster <laughs> on it. And I'm like, no one should ever put a plaster on a tattoo. So please, guys, don't be putting plasters on your tattoos. The Bur- that is a terrible Bur- idea. Uh, the Burke <laughs> tattoos. It says Burke, yeah, doesn't it, for Burke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I love that. I love that little strand of uh, storyline. I did think that was really, really funny. Um, and the final thing really is, so I don't think if you haven't seen The Office and you're not familiar with Ricky Gervais, I don't think you'd enjoy this film. So I feel like you're isolating a huge, huge chunk of the audience there. But having said that, this does also feel like it's a film for The Office fans. It's just a little bit more Office. It's yeah. a little bit more David. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's like The Office Christmas special. And then that's like a stepping stone, isn't it, to this? Obviously, the Office Christmas Special is, a, is a, probably in a different league, really, to this. Yeah. But it's that's the first time we see David Brent outside the office, really. He's no longer employed by Wernham Hogg. And, and he's so, still trying to do the same thing as well, because he's released yeah, a single, hasn't he? And that. Exactly. And it feels like this is an, the next step. It, it does feel like it's the next chapter for the for yeah. him, isn't it? It's like we want to... We wanted to see how he was doing. Because I think that the that, that what you've both just said there about it being for the fans of The Office, I think that was probably reflected in, in its success, which obviously will come on mm. to the critical re- reception, which is I don't think particularly in terms of box office, it did that well. Because A, it's a long time after The Office, and B, 
it's isolating. So it's like people mm. who, like you say, if, if you, people who are only going to go and watch this if they like the character, you're not going to just go and watch it if you've never seen The Office. Why? Why would you? So mm. you say box office? There was it in the cinema? Yes, it was. Yeah, it was coming. Was the it? Cinema. Yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. I don't think I it did it... particularly well. Right. I don't, even, I don't even know if it got it like its budget back or anything like that. Yeah. But but no. So compared to some of the, the Ricky Gervais's other films, which I know are more Hollywood things like Ghost Town or mm-hmm. um, Cemetery Junction and, and Invention and of Lying, like Invention yeah. of Lying, all that sort of stuff. I think they've done. But I mean, I don't even know if like Ghost Town was him writing it or if he was just mm-hmm. in it. I can't. I can't remember. But and he's been in. Star- he was in Stardust. Stardust. Wasn't he? He's yeah. in. Um, been a few things. Is he a knight at the museum? Yeah, he plays yeah, uh, the, yeah. the curator or the yeah. boss, whatever, yeah. He's uh, had we, quite a fancy career, really, mm. hasn't he? Have, have either of you seen um, the people just do nothing big in Japan film? Not yet, no, no. not yet. Because that, I, I think it might be the same again in terms of... Because, yeah, if you... Because if you like it, you'll go and watch it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But even then, you're counting on everyone who likes it going to watch it, whereas a lot of people will go, oh, yeah. I'll just wait for it to come out. And then watch it and watch it at home. And you know what as well? It's so, um, this is hard. You know, we always think music was better back when we were 18 and 19. <laughs> yeah. But is it just like our lives were more fun when we were 18? Do we just want, mm-hmm. is it just us wanting to be 18 you and ju- 19? You, you, you colour yeah. it all in, don't it you, because that. of the age yeah. you were. Films yeah. were better. Food was better. Nights yeah. out were better. Everything. Politicians were honest. Yeah. Is Brent, is, is it the same with Brent? Yeah, that's a good point. Possibly. Yeah. Has the world moved on, but he's not changed. Definitely. That is thing. definitely yeah. a good mm. assessment of it. There wasn't, again, for, for me in terms of anything that, that we didn't like, <sighs> the only thing I'd say is it's, there's two things really, and one of them isn't really a dislike, but one of them is, it's a little repetitive. So I think, because of the byproduct of it changing from TV to film, they do a lot of Brent pointing out things about race, sexuality, gender, disability, and all that sort of thing. Yeah. So that gets a point where every time Dom is in the room, he's mentioning that he's black. And I, I think they overdo it a little bit, but I think mm-hmm. if that had been broken up into three episodes of telly, you probably wouldn't have noticed. Mm. But so I think they overdo it a little bit in terms of in terms of. I mean, for example, I, I was reading the trivia online. David Brent does his nervous laugh ninety two times during the course of the film. It's an hour and thirty six minutes, so he does his laugh once every one minute and three seconds. <laughs> you know that. I did laugh notice it. Does. I yeah. really noticed it. Like, but if, but it's like, on TV, you wouldn't notice it. And I think yeah. that's what I'm saying about the um, the performance being a bit more affected. Yeah. Yeah, it's just so obviously aware. we're noticing it because it's constant and over an hour and a yeah, over an hour and a half. But he, he does that. He does that. Ricky Gervais. He's always so. If you think of every extras, every extras episode, it's one of them, and it's race or disability or yeah. you know, it's it's people being clumsy around that stuff, isn't it? That's yeah. kind of his. Yeah, but you think in this, I think. Well, this is. I suppose this is my next point, which is: Did this come out? A little, because because Ricky Gervais hasn't done that sort of comedy since Extras. Really, if you, he went more into like if you look at Derek and Afterlife, they're a bit different, and there are still elements of that there, but they're not the main event, so to speak. So I wonder if did this come out perhaps a little bit too late, so that the the way things were perceived in 2016 is a lot different to the way things were perceived in 2001 or 2006 when Extras came out or whatever. So. 
perhaps is there an element of either him refusing to change or him seeing how far he could go without getting a bit of heat for it, I suppose? I I think a lot of it is to do with his his level of fame. Yeah. And people are not able to uh, dissociate between... That isn't Ricky Gervais. No. It's not Ricky Gervais' life on the road. It's not him being sexist Mm -hmm. in the office. It's David Brent being sexist. It's not Ricky Gervais thinks women should be paid less. Yeah. It's, Mm -hmm. It's this clumsy... You know, socially awkward guy. Socially sort of awkward, thing, yeah. David Brent saying, and I think people struggle with that sometimes. When he's he's never painted as like the hero, like yeah, he's the protagonist because he's the main character. But we, the messages of the film are never, oh, you should be like David Brent. We're always he's the the he's being made fun of constantly. Yeah. It's like yeah. we all know that what he says is awkward and inappropriate. It's you got to yeah, you got to like. You've got to find the disconnect. I, mean, and I think because, because, yeah, and because he's so, like, on Twitter and on TV, he's always talking about offence in comedy. Mm. I think people, when people then go and watch his stuff, they're thinking he's expecting expect something really controversial and making a statement about something. Where it's, it's just a fun film yeah. where he's a bit, a bit daft and a bit, you know. Yeah, yeah. So awkward. I think, doesn't thing- he say a joke about a bad thing isn't the same as the bad thing? So yeah. I'm sure he says that in one of his stand-ups. Yeah. Sure, it's Sorry, about it's Josh about your it's about your intentions, isn't it? If your intention yeah. is what he what he is doing in this is he is being so awkward by trying to do the right thing and trying to mm-hmm. and trying to address issues, but in doing so is make is making sort of faux pas. That's not the same as making fun of someone for something like a disability or mm. race, gender, sexuality, whatever you want to call it. Because I think um, this might be a misquote. So. Don't quote me on it, but I think even Ricky Gervais, Ricky Gervais himself said, when people say, you can't say anything anymore, that's incorrect. You can say whatever you want. You have to be prepared to be judged on that. Mm-hmm. So people, so you don't get to control how people react to what you say. You can mm-hmm. say whatever you want and people will, will react and you've got to be prepared for that. It's not, you can't say anything anymore. You say whatever you want. Mm-hmm. It's just the reaction. Yeah. And but he, so that's but it, he's not doing any of that in this. No, this is just David Brent. This is just somebody that's not massively aware or in in touch. Okay, so we'll move on to talking about the critical reception then. Um, before we do, Josh, how do you think it did critically, or do you already know? Um, probably it's probably a three star film. Out of five or out ten? Out of five or out of ten? Or a hundred or... Out, out of five. Out three, of five. three and a okay. half. Okay. Yeah. Alice, what about you? So I reckon I probably liked it more than the average person did. Mm. If I was going to score it, I'd give it maybe a comfortable seven. Mm. But I don't reckon it got as good as that. So <laughs> I'd probably think maybe I'll go... Like into the high fives, I reckon. So if we're thinking like maybe 5.9, 59% Rotten Tomatoes-ish. Okay, right. So Josh, sorry, if we're doing 10 out of 10, can I change mine slightly? Yeah, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I'll go, I'll go maybe 6.5. 6.5, right. Okay, that's interesting then. So at the time of recording on the two platforms that we use, oh, IMDB God, gives it 6.3 out of 10. Oh, good. Which is, the mo- which is the most generous. 
Yes, <laughs> I imagined it would be. So on Rotten Tomatoes, the critics give it a slightly less, but not much ge- less, generous 59%. Is that exactly what I said? Oh, yeah. oh, 59%. You're good. That's you are, yeah, you're good. It is. <laughs> but the audience give it 46%, Ooh. which averages out at f- about 56 overall. That's because not all the audience... Will have seen the office. Which I is a strange that. one, isn't it? Because I guarantee. Why that. would you? Why? Why would you watch this and then give it a bad review if you hadn't seen the office? Mm. Or if you just accidentally came across it or something? Yeah, right? sure. Yeah. So, what do we think then, Josh? I'll come to you first. Is that harsh? Is fifty six percent or five point six out of ten harsh? You know what? It's so hard, isn't it? Because there's so many factors with this. It's excitement versus what's delivered. Yeah. Equals the score. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, yeah. it's your anticipation for it, your excitement for it, the, the anticipation plus the film itself equals. It's, 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 yeah, it's a five, it's probably a five out of 10 film. But then, you know, how do you, would, is Spinal Tap, it's not, that's not a 10 out of 10 film. <laughs> no, but then it's also subjective, isn't it? All three yeah. of us clearly like The Office, so we're going to have more affection for this character in this film than yeah. than some of the people who are rating it. What, what do you think, Atlas? Is that harsh or is it start, spot on? So I can see where it would be difficult, I think, for people who aren't a fan of The Office and who aren't a fan of Ricky to enjoy this film. However, I enjoyed it a lot. It was funnier than I thought. I do think there's a real skill to mockumentary filmmaking. There's a real skill to making comedy songs that are actually genuinely funny instead of just ridiculous. And as the film went on, the songs just got more and more funny, in my opinion. So I will say that I do think it is underrated. And I'm going to have to say as well that it's a little bit underseen because I hadn't even heard of it. You hadn't even heard of it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what about you, Josh Hallam? What, um, I, I, I would. Agree. I think it's. I think there are, look. There's flaws to this film. I do think it probably came out a little bit too late in terms of the way that this sort of cultural zeitgeist, if you will, had, had changed. But I still think it's underrated. I think, like you said, this is a solid high six, low seven film. It's okay. I do think it probably does rely on a bit of affection for the character, but it's not. I mean, forty six percent from the audience. That's harsh. I think, I, th- I think that's, that's harsh. So, so what what do we reckon between the three of us then? Is that underrated? Yeah, I think that's underrated. Yeah. There that's we go. Underrated. There we go. Yeah. Thank you very much for coming on, Josh. What uh, what can we look out for? Where can we send people to look out for your stuff? Uh, ju- I'm Josh Pugh Comic on all the socials. Socials. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I, and if I'm doing gigs and stuff, I. I yeah, usually put it on there if I remember yep. to to do that. Yeah, so just Josh Pugh Comic on Twitter and Instagram, TikTok yeah. as well. You're on, no, you're not, I'm yet. not venturing into TikTok. I, I'm a bit wary of TikTok. It's it's, it's, it's yeah. I, I just I don't know what it means. If you no. get a million views, what does that what does that mean? We yeah, we try and do it, and you log on, and it's it's just teenagers mouthing words to films and songs, and you're like yeah. two hundred fifty thousand views that. Yeah. How, how how has it got to yeah. like what's what are they doing? I it's also not for us guys. It's not it's too for old. the youngins. I also <laughs> don't think I wouldn't look if I was running a website and I wanted to keep people on there, I'd want them to think that their videos are smashing it. Mm. That's true. That is true. So I wonder if these views are even real. 
Interesting <laughs> hypothesis. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, it's the deep state. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. Um, did you say you're going on tour this year? I'm going to do a tour. Yeah, but that'll be autumn. I'll do Edinburgh, hopefully. Okay, brilliant. Well, we will make sure we point everyone in the direction of uh, of all your stuff. But thank you very much for coming on. My pleasure. Yes, thank you so much, you, Josh Pugh. No, I enjoyed that. Yeah, thank you very much. There we go. David Brent Life on the Road with Josh Pugh. Another one into the underrated vault. So there we go. Josh Pugh has brought David Brent Life on the Road and it's driven on into the <laughs> underrated. Very good, Josh. Very thank good. you. Thank you. I wrote that myself. Um, oh, yes, you can tell. It took some time. Yes. Oh, three in the morning, I think I got to bed after writing that. Um, yes. Yeah, so thank you very much for Josh for, for coming on. Um, do make sure you check him out on, on, on Twitter and Instagram and all the other social medias, but not TikTok because he's not on there because he doesn't trust it. And and, is, and, and he's right not to. <laughs> and he's right not to. Uh, we will be back next week with another film. Um, and until then, if you want to get in touch with us, it's filmsandthatpod at gmail.com. We're on all the social medias, including TikTok, because we're slaves for your love. Um, <laughs> and just, just search for Just Films and That um, wherever you go on the social media and you will find us. We're also on the television every Friday night from six o'clock. So if you live in Birmingham, Bristol, Liverpool, Leeds or the North East, you can find us on Channel 7 on Freeview. Or if you live in North Wales or South Wales, you can find us on Channel 8 on Freeview. We're also on Channel 19 five on sky across the country so there's no excuse for you to not be tuning in so that's every friday night from 6 p.m and sometimes on mondays at the same time get that on the series record <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes we will be back with another episode and another film next week until then alice oliver thank you for joining me Thank you so much, Josh. It was a pleasure as always. Josh uh, Hallam this time. <laughs> Thank you, Alice Oliver. We'll have to get another Alice on. Yeah. <laughs> if you're someone called Alice who wants to come on, it's not this Alice, then come on. Anyway, uh, yes, thank you very much. It's goodbye from me. Cheerio. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? 
Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.